Welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Crappy Christian. I am your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake, and every week I get to have the coolest conversations with incredible people about all the things most Christians are still not sure we're allowed to talk about. So if you've been looking for a place to land with all your crap and for someone to just be honest about what it looks like to walk through this Christian life, well, you've come to the right place. Pull up a seat, pop in your headphones and tune out your kids, and come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for. Mary, hey, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Oh, I'm really glad to be here. So people know by the title and also just history of this show, we talk about sex a fair amount. And so I am, I kind of talked a little bit before we started recording so looking forward to our conversation because this is this is what you do this is what you speak about this is what you teach about this is what you educate on so tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what you do sure absolutely um, people often ask how did you choose this profession and as in so many cases it's almost like the profession chooses you or as in a, a wonderful God story he turns your mess into a message so in my past, I was formerly married, uh, and my husband at the time was addicted to pornography. And I did not want to stay in that really hurt and broken place. So I sought God for healing. Oh, my goodness. Went through all kinds of counseling and small groups and self-help books and the whole deal. And God just did so much to restore me. And I believe that once you have that kind of victory, that you have both the authority and the anointing to speak into other people's lives. So I'm like, I'm not going to waste this. And as it turned out, I already had a group of friends that we were having these conversations. And one thing led to another as far as the interest goes. But then I realized I need professional training. So I went through the American School of Professional Life Coaching. I did all kinds of um, marriage endorsement types of training. And then most recently went through Christian sex educator training. So I love what I do because I know how powerful it is and the impact that it'll have on everybody's marriage that mm -hmm. wants to partner with it yes absolutely and the reason there have been so many episodes about sex on this show is one it doesn't get talked about enough and two there's so many different facets of it to talk about and so uh, today we're focusing a little bit more on the the intimacy and and the I almost want to say mechanics of it, like what could actually be causing some issues and, and how to overcome those things. So you have two books. Why can't mm -hmm. I talk to him about sex? And why can't I talk to her about sex, which open up the dialogue for, for couples to, to talk about their sex lives. And when I was reading through your, the description and the, the, just the information that you sent me, when I read that, I felt like a light bulb went off because <laughs> I feel like there's so many couples who have been married for years upon years who still can't have really open, honest conversations about their sex life. Why do you, why do you think that is? Oh my goodness. How much time do you have? <laughs> um, but in a nutshell, as you said, it's not talked about it enough. So any um, 
perspective that you have from your childhood, you bring forward. And if there's hesitation, if it feels like it's dirty, if a mother, grandmother, aunt, however, passes down a message that this is just your duty, mm. then, then women do not embrace it. And if you start into it with that mindset, it's just really difficult to get past. Plus, research shows us that three out of four women three out of four have experienced some type of sexual trauma, abuse, or dysfunction. Mm -hmm. And that hurt right there is a block. We have a huge number of blocks. And I won't say that in the church we have more blocks to intimacy, but we definitely have our own version. Our which own set. Are, yeah. 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 Totally. Totally. Yeah. That you know, you were talking about it may be your grandmother, it may be your aunt, it may be your mom that passed this down. And then it may, that may have been multiplied by the church or growing up in youth group. That's right. That's right. And here we have pastors with their own filter. We also have um, the dominant leadership is male. So that's a completely different perspective. And I have, I have friends that are pastors. I had a recent conversation and he said he shares about sex three times from the pulpit over the course of a year. And the response he gets from the congregation is split. 50% say it's too much talking about sex, and 50% say it's not enough. So there you go. Yeah. Um, it's it's going to be an issue. And not all churches are geared that way. Some of them have a huge mission focus. So it's not the role, the only the role of the church to take mm -hmm. this um, stand, but um, we certainly do look to the church for our, our our guidance with it. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that there are so many quote unquote problems within marriages that would at least see forward motion if if the two parties just felt comfortable being honest about hey, I don't like that, or I really like that, or this is how I feel, or this is what I'm bringing to the table. I mean, I think that there are probably people listening and just hearing me say those three sentences, they're like, no, like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we don't, don't want to talk about that. And so outside of dialogue, what have you found some of the more common problems for women specifically being in their married sex life? Sure. Um, research shows that the number one problem that presents itself in a, in a therapy, uh, coaching, counseling situ situation is low sexual desire. Mm -hmm. And usually um, there's some shame with that because mm -hmm. they feel like I should feel a different way. And the, the research that's out there right now typically views that from a man's point of view. So how it plays out is that if a wife comes forward with that thought, I have low sexual desire, the, the surveys, the measurements that are out there have the wife comparing herself to her husband's sex drive. Huh. So right there, it's just not an equal level playing field because men and women process everything so completely different. And 
truth be told, she might not have a low sex drive. It might just be in comparison to her husband. And yeah. his might not even be measuring accurately. There, I mean, there's right. just so many variables. And truly, people get um, all caught up in this and then never get the results and the, the freedom and the joy that they wanted because the obstacle just seems too much to get past. Absolutely. And so what is, does that go deeper? So, you know, the low sexual desire, what are some of the causes of that? Absolutely. There are so many, and it could be as simple as medication. Even if you have a sinus infection, that could be impacting your, your sex drive. And to be um, fairly vague with this, think about the, the membranes in your body that are affected if you're trying to dry out your sinuses. Exactly. No, so, absolutely. I mean, nobody thinks about that or talks about that. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And how, how easy of a fix that would be Mm -hmm. Because um, women, couples, would be finding other ways to take care of their sinus problems. Right. <laughs> With a quickness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. So, of course, that's an issue. And then um, hormones are an issue. Now, this works for men and women, but women are experience more um, stages in their life that are hormone-driven. Mm -hmm. Certainly when it comes to children, if you're pregnant, if you are breastfeeding, all of those things, and then menopause, um, with monthly cycles, PMS, it's just like every single day has its own hormone cocktail that you have yes. to be conscious of. Yes. And it's, so this is kind of a little bit of a sidebar, but I was 30 years old before I learned about the four stages of my cycle and how those things affected my energy level, my capacity for intimacy, my sex drive, because we're, again, we're not being educated on these things. And so that has been such a like tool in my tool belt for my marriage, mm -hmm. being able to like, I am going to have a ton of energy. I'm going to be whenever you want to have sex, like, let's go. This is your window, you know, like, but being able to die, like know that and dialogue about oh, it yeah. Yeah. is so helpful because you're right. Our hormones, I really do feel like they change every single day. Right. Right. And anytime you get education like that, it reduces the anxiety because that unknown is gone. Mm -hmm. So that also adds a new layer of energy and openness to your communication. And it removes a level of guilt as well. If I know what I'm going to feel like every week, I, that the weeks that I am, and not even specifically related to sex, but the weeks I'm just really tired, you know, I know that that is coming and I know why. So I'm not beating myself up for not being as on top of my game. And there's just, there's, I, it sounds so crazy, but there's been so much freedom to be found in just learning to understand my body. Totally. Okay. So you know how I'm a huge fan of counseling, right? Well, I recently started working with a counselor at Faithful Counseling and I knew I had to tell you about it. 
Faithful Counseling is an online Christian counseling network, and it's an incredible solution for people looking to find the help they need. I found the sign-up process to be really straightforward. You answer some questions, and you get matched with a counselor all within 24 hours. After that, you can log into your account at any time and message your counselor, plus scheduling weekly video or phone sessions. The extra bonus is that I found it to be really affordable, and they've extended a discount of 10% off of your first month. All you have to do is head to getfaithful.com slash crappy Christian to join the other 500,000 people, myself included, who are taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Head to getfaithful.com slash crappy Christian for 10% off your first month and to get started. Okay, you guys know I'm always recommending books to you. It's kind of my job. And as much as I love sitting down and actually reading a book, that hardly ever happens. Instead, I listen to them on Audible when I'm in the car, when I'm doing dishes, sometimes even when I'm working out. Right now, I'm listening to A Mind of Your Own by Kelly Brogan. Definitely put that one on your list. But the way Audible works is you pay $15 a month. You get one credit that you can use on a book. And if you don't use that credit, it rolls over to the next month for up to a year. So since you're a listener of Confessions of a Crappy Christian, you can get a free 30-day trial of Audible. All you have to do is go to audibletrial.com slash crappychristian. You can pick your first audiobook for free today. And if you aren't sure what book to start with, I always suggest When to Walk Away by Gary Thomas. So just go to audibletrial.com slash crappychristian to start your free 30-day trial. Okay, let's get back to the show. So what, in a more like married sense, less female specific, what are some of the top reasons that Christians tend to struggle in their sex life? Oh, they, um, as I mentioned earlier, they have these preconceived ideas, which could be um, negative, shaming, um, sex is dirty. That's a, a thought that comes across. Also, uh, two more that are really unique to Christians. Can, um, can I be hot and holy? Ooh. <laughs> so it's interesting. I have a, pod, uh, a YouTube uh, video releasing that's what's okay for Christians in their sex life. Yeah. Because if they want to feel free and open and express themselves, but they have this idea in the back of their mind that, no, you can't do A, B, or C and still be pleasing to God. And there are some areas of Scripture that are really clear mm-hmm. and, and more black and white, but there's a lot of areas of Scripture where it's sort of a gray zone, and you go by the principle of God. And my bottom line is always, is it mutually satisfying and respectful? Because mm-hmm. if you agree on it and everybody is comfortable, then there are many, 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 many <laughs> options for what you can do and it still be very pleasing to God. I love that because that's, again, just a whole nev- another level of this conversation that no one, very few people are willing to talk about. And we need right. people who are educated and equipped and solid in their faith because the other side is the world going, do whatever you want, whenever you want. And, but then, then you have those of us who do want to serve and glorify God 
in our lives and in our marriage going like how hot is too hot like how (laughs) spicy can this get before god's like whoa 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 you know like calm down i think that's really important yeah yeah i have another one that is pretty unique to christians especially if they were following moral purity and they Mm. did not have sex before they got married so they suppressed and they said no really strongly for potentially a long time. And then they walk down the aisle, they say, I do. And everything is supposed to be this instant yes. And it just doesn't work that way. And then there's another layer of guilt, like, wait, why can't What's I do wrong this? with me? Exactly, yeah. exactly. So being able to release that no and, and embrace the yes and and walk through some steps with that is is really important. It is so important because and I I can't remember if it was on a previous podcast episode where I said exactly what you just said. You wear this really pretty dress and you say some vows in front of people and then this switch is supposed to flip and you're supposed to go from whether you were innately taught that sex was bad or you just knew you weren't supposed to do it. Yeah. Now all of a sudden it's the free for all. And what am I supposed to do with that? And the church, let's say collective, equips us, attempts to equip us for all of that purity. Right. And then it's like, I need help on the other side. Like, <laughs> I need somebody to be stepping in and talking to me about what happens after I've said all of those no's. And then I say yes. So what, let's say someone is listening and all of this really resonates and they know that there is a need for shift and for change and further health and intimacy in their married sex life, and they maybe are going to have trouble getting their spouse on board or are nervous to talk to their spouse about it, what is something that those people can do now to improve the health of their sex life with or without the, like, onboarding of their spouse? Yes. So this is great because... You bring yourself to the marriage, the marriage bed, and you are 100% powerful over yourself. You have control, at least that's God's design, and everything that you want, you get to communicate, but you have to ask and answer those questions yourself first. Mm -hmm. As you mentioned earlier, what do I like in sex? What do I not like? So learning, and it's okay to explore your body, to know what feels good, what doesn't feel good, because you are going to teach your spouse what you like, what you don't like. So if you don't even know this, then you won't be able to communicate it. I mean, there's a lot of learning that can happen together, but that is still something that you can do. Also, validating your own feelings and, and figuring out, why does this upset me? Why does this trigger me? Just trying to find out the root of the blocks that you might have. You can get really free in your thoughts, in your understanding, and then you're like a new person coming to the marriage, and that openness invites openness. So then your spouse will be like, wowza, I want some of that. And, and be um, attracted to that freedom. So when you work on 
freedom within yourself, you end up bringing that freedom to the whole marriage also. I love that. And it, I love that you're talking about it in such definite because I think that there are probably women who are listening that are, are kind of like, oh, that's, a, that's a great theory, but, <laughs> and I love that you're, you're saying, no, that freedom is there to be had, but God has that for you. And he wants you to experience that freedom in your sexual relationship with your husband. It's not a, if maybe, you know, vague, it's, these are some things that you can do to pursue that and find that and welcome your spouse into it. Absolutely. I think that's really important. And I, I love that you're encouraging when you can't communicate what you don't know. <laughs> right. That's true. You can't, you physically can't. So if you don't know why you feel a certain way again I highly suggest looking into cycle thinking and knowing all four stages of your cycle and that goes far beyond just your sex life that you know goes into your other relationships and your work and all those kinds of things but equipping yourself with that knowledge I kind of love the idea of, of you kind of being the one that comes to the table like hey I'm ready to go like <laughs> I've done the work I've I've unpacked some of this stuff and you do that together as well. But mm-hmm. I think that's a really, I don't know, a really beautiful concept for people who have struggled and kind of felt bound up by this. And it's a beautiful give and take. I think about the, the dance of, of sex because God designed male and female. They each have their own role and we do bring the best out of each other. And yet we have our role also. So if your spouse were to feel like they had to take care of them and you, then that's a big weight. So you Mm -hmm. stepping up to the plate, taking care of as much as you know that you can do, and then inviting your spouse to that place, that is, is just much more freeing and it doesn't have as much pressure on it. Yes. And I think that that will free a lot of people who are listening just that that there is knowledge and freedom to be found is Mm. really encouraging yeah for sure so a lot of that knowledge can be found through you because you have tons of resources and you do so much incredible educating and work in this area tell people where they can find you follow you you know get connected with your work absolutely my website is my name, so it's Mary Whitman Ortiz, and Whitman is W-H-I-T-M-A-N. That's also where you will find me on Facebook, Facebook and YouTube and Instagram. Um, my YouTube channel is fairly new, but I'm just thrilled to be launching a lot of this information. And, and education about sex, as we've said, is partly what's missing. So mm-hmm. that piece under a Christian umbrella is just a safe place. You're like, oh, great, because sometimes you go to look up information and, oh, no, what does it do to your computer? You just attracted these resources that were not where we're going. So that is certainly I'm um, partnering with what God says, what Scripture says, and so it would be a safe place to learn more. I'm so thankful for that, and we will absolutely be directing people to that. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your heart with my listeners. I know that people are going to, I think that this is going to really impact people. 
Wonderful. All right, that's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right, see you next week.